The following Downstage Center program was originally broadcast in December 2006. Welcome to Downstage Center, a presentation of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theatre Wing. I'm John von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. We have two guests with us today, both do a very similar thing. They raise money for some very uh, worthy causes. One, we welcome Joe Benincasa, who is the Executive Director of the Actors Fund of America. And we also welcome Tom Viola, who is the Executive Director of Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Thanks, John. These are certainly names that people who go to the theater are familiar with. We've certainly heard of the Actors Fund, and we've certainly heard of Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. I might point out that both organizations um, are about 100 years apart in terms of age. (laughs) Uh, Joe, your organization was founded in the 1880s, and Tom, yours was in the 1980s. But Joe looks younger. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Joe's been there since the very first day. (laughs) Just let's give a little brief background on both organizations, and since you're the senior organization, Joe, uh, Actors Fund was founded by a, a newspaper paper guy back in the 1880s. Yeah, by Harrison Fisk and people like, uh, you know, uh, Edwin Booth and, uh, you know, by, well, Buffalo Bill Cody, you know, had the Wild West show. But all the prominent actors of that era and the publishers of that era and prominent people in society, you know, uh, assessed quickly that, A, people working in show business and the arts, you know, couldn't be buried in consecrated ground. They're, they were not looked upon as people who merited any any regular kind of attention from uh, society. So they banded together to bury their friends in you know, cemeteries that they purchased and to provide uh, financial assistance to people who may have been uh, kind of uh, stranded on the road when a ro- when a show closed in you know, some city in the Midwest or something. They, you know, had no way of getting back to New York City, which was then the hub, you know, for show business, and they would bring them back. Also, uh, you know, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, some of the great social welfare programs did not exist back in 1882, and the Actors Fund of America was organized to provide that level of security to seniors and to people who were down and out. And also actors were not held in quite the same regard as they are today. Well, I was just going to say, I've seen, it it seems funny now, but I've seen signs, pictures of historical signs that would be on the front of hotels that would say no dogs or theatricals <laughs> because a lot of times the producers would go bust out of town mm-hmm. and basically the actors would just be stuck there and invariably probably have to sneak out of the hotel so i mean short of your major stars your you know um wc fields and your fanny bryces and your barrymores basically the rest of the theatrical profession while may be admired from the stage were not thought of very highly in general. That's right. And, and Edwin Booth, one of our founders, was the first great American actor in the 19th century. He was really a superstar of that era. Uh, but he uh, put lots of money into the organization. And also Edwin Forrest was another superstar of the 19th century. And we named our plan Giving Society for Edwin Forrest and uh, through his legacy have uh, named a wing at our nursing home in Englewood, New Jersey. And, I'd love, yeah, and it was interesting what Edwin Forrest, I'm sorry, this is an interesting quick story. We celebrate. He, he left us in his will and we had to go to court to get it back in uh, 1990. Uh, but he said, anyone that uses the proceeds from my legacy has to do two things every year. That is to celebrate the birthday of William Shakespeare on his birthday. Mm-hmm. And number two is to have a, uh, a professional of the entertainment industry read the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July. Two of those things we do every year and which are exciting in exchange. Where and how do you do this? <laughs> and and <laughs> we, when, when, when is Shakespeare's birthday? It's uh, April 24th or April 23rd. It's in dispute, but we, uh, we stretch it over the you 23rd. Cover your bases. We cover our bases. <laughs> and we do that. We have a nursing home 
home at an assisted living care facility among our residences in, in Englewood, New Jersey. There's a home of the Sunshine Boys, and it's a terrific, mm-hmm. terrific place. And there was a movie made six years ago, which was nominated for an Academy Award called Curtain Call, a documentary about several of the residents living at the home. But that's where we do our Fourth of July reading, and that's where we do the celebration of uh, William Shakespeare. In fact, in that movie, it's really interesting because uh, uh, six years ago when we were making that movie, uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell, who is now the president of the Actors Fund of America, and his co-star in Kiss Me, Kate, Maron, Maisie, uh, they went there and reprised their roles and uh, did a short you know, show of Kiss Me, Kate for our residents right. and for the members of the community. And it made it to the film, which is very uh, we're very excited about. For Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS grew, grew sure. out of a very different need. Well, it grew out of a more immediate need. I mean, I, I think the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS was originally two organizations. Broadway Cares, which was founded by a group of producers in about 1988, and then Equity Fights AIDS, which was founded out of the Council of Actors Equity Association the same year. I mean, basically about six months apart. And um, I, th- I know what happened was, I mean, the AIDS um, epidemic had certainly been going full-fledged for four, five, six years by that time. And I think there was no one in the entertainment industry who hadn't witnessed really, really firsthand the devastation um, that, that, the, that the epidemic, that the illness was sort of uh, uh, wreaking through our community I mean, and, frankly, all communities. Um, and I think by that time, too, people were – I mean, it was, it was a completely different era. I mean, you couldn't get – you know, you, you, people were being thrown out of their apartments. Um, ner- you know, you, you couldn't be seen by certain physicians. Uh, it, was, it was really a horrific, horrific time that people who weren't there to experience now 20 years later really just uh, – many have no, no, no memory of and thankfully don't have to experience. What also happened was uh, Michael Bennett's death which occurred in, I think, 1987. Um, at the same time, there was a revival of Dreamgirls playing at the Ambassador Theater, I'm pretty sure. And uh, basically, a number of a couple of these producers came out of that show around the same time of his death, having experienced all this death, and said, we've just got to do something. And at the same time, um, a woman named Colleen Dewhurst, who you'll know, the Tony Award-winning actress, and she had been the president of Actors' Equity, and she was on the board of the Actors' Fund. Uh, I was her assistant for a number of years. Um, she was in a show called You Can't Take It With You, and a member of the company, a gentleman named Oren Riley, uh, as happened then, got sick very quickly and, frankly, as happened in those days, from his realizing he was sick... Uh, to his death was actually a number of months. And she and that company sort of witnessed what he went through going from that in, in, in that process. And so she and a number of people uh, at Equity at the same time sort of said something has to be done. And basically uh, we grew from, you know, bake sales and little cabaret shows to this multi-million dollar organization that we are today. And I have to say... The smartest thing that we did was, I mean, actors are extraordinarily generous. Actors are extraordinarily emotional. Actors are wonderful. Actors are not always 
first in line with necessarily understanding the, I don't want to say common sense, but the process of how something has to happen, and especially around, they say, issues of social work. And I have to say that for the folks uh, who founded Equity Fights AIDS, I was there at the beginning as well, rather than raising this money and thinking, oh, now we'll do something with it. We'll take it and give it to this person, or, oh, I know that person up the street. We connected up with the Actors Fund, which was at that time just forming the AIDS initiative. And we came up with what was an accident, I don't want to say accidental, but certainly an ingenious collaboration where we basically raised funds and then paid for, at the time it was a reimbursement, the uh, money that was being spent by the AIDS initiative for what was to become scores and then hundreds of clients. Now, Broadway Cares and its fundraising has has gone beyond just AIDS issues. We have absolutely, and and very and and with a purpose. Um, just so you 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 understand sort of the just so you, you, the, you understand the dynamic. We were two separate organizations from 1988 through about 1992. In May of 92, we merged. Uh, Equity Fights AIDS had really grown too big to work out of Actors Equity Association. Uh, Colleen Dewhurst, who had so, 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 so made room for the organization in the union, had uh, died in 1991. And we really sort of felt it was our responsibility to sort of continue her legacy and allow this to grow. And growth meant merger with Broadway Cares. Uh, So we became a separate 501c3 not-for-profit organization called Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS with no association other than history with with Actors' Equity. Um, And we continue to do what we do. Uh, The Broadway flea market, you know, uh, the Gypsy of the Air competition, the Easter Bonnet competition, all sorts of fundraisers. Uh, In 1996, the Actors Fund, again, responding, I think, to a very unique uh, uh, situation, created the Phyllis Newman Women's Health Initiative. And at that time, I heard that this was happening from a woman on our board named Maria Dedea. And she came to me basically sort of saying, like a person does when they ask you a question and they're kind of expecting that they, they want to ask but they don't really expect you to say yes if she if she, if we thought Broadway cares might make a donation to the uh, the women's health initiative and basically it was for me an, a no-brainer the the ladies in the community had truly driven the fundraising for the for the last eight years that at that time raised millions of dollars for people with AIDS. Um, At that time, you know, not only, but mainly men in our community, mainly gay white men. Um, So we basically began to fund the Women's Health Initiative as an additional program of our mission. Uh, We've donated millions of dollars to the Women's Health Initiative since that. We produce an event called Nothing Like a Dame, uh, that raises money just for the uh, Phyllis Newman Women's Health Initiative. And we've even grown from there. Uh, we now support the uh, Al Hirschfeld Free Health Clinic um, to supportive housing residences. I mean, basically, my feeling is that in 1988 through about 1996, the entire community came together to raise money for people with AIDS who were at their most desperate at that time. Um, the medications came about in 96. The, this has not gone away. I mean, we could talk for hours about the fact that there are as many AIDS initiative clients now as there were then. Um, 
and through our national grants program, how the face of AIDS has changed uh, to include minorities and women with children. And it, it's very much a part of the social fabric. But um, And I just lost my train of thought. But... Uh, I think you're going to talk about the diversification post-96. But but it was my determination, not my determination, but the the board really decided that we wanted to assist the Actors Fund so that anybody in the industry who needed any kind of assistance, who was participating in our fundraising, would benefit from it. And thank you for that help there. <laughs> I, I, I think it's important to, to, to emphasize that it's not just the actors you see up on stage who benefit. Oh, it's the no. people behind the scenes, the people who work in the industry. Absolutely. And also not just in New York City. Well, the Actors Fund, well, Joe, you should t- tell them about the, the entertainment industry. The Actors Fund helps everyone in entertainment and in the performing arts. Uh, we helped 8,000 people this recent, more this year uh, in 45 states. We have offices in Chicago and Los Angeles. Uh, we have a beautiful you know, residence here in New York City called the Aurora, which provides a home for, well, one-third of the residents, for 180 people. One-third of the residents are living with HIV and AIDS, or AIDS, and uh, uh, another third are working professionals earning less than 30 grand, and the other third are senior citizens. We're building a $50 million residence in Brooklyn right now, which will contain a, a non-commercial theater for the community. It's in Downhurt, Skimmerhorn. It's a beautiful residence. In West Hollywood, California, we focused on providing residential care to people living with HIV and AIDS. And we have a beautiful residence in West Hollywood, which at that time was the epicenter of the AIDS epidemic in California. Uh, and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS every time has stepped up to help us with the fundraising. Although these projects are tax credit deals and they're limited partnerships and there's some other elements to them which make them work. Uh, but, but Joe, point, Joe in, in the case of your organization, the Actors Fund, it's not just theater. It's motion no, it's pictures, not just theater. It's, it's classical it's, music, opera. Yeah. When I go backstage to talk to the companies about our fundraising a lot of times, um, I will literally, I mean, it, it isn't just the theater. It's television and radio. It's, it's anybody in the entertainment industry. But the, the, the metaphor, I guess, the word that I use is anybody in this plant, meaning the theater, whether you work front of house uh, under the, in, in the pit, backstage, in the management office, on stage, in the dressing rooms, how, whatever you do in that theater to make that show happen, you qualify for assistance at the Actors Fund. It was founded by, it was called the Actors Fund because it was founded by actors, but it certainly um, has grown and certainly in the last 20 years to extend um, its social service embrace to everyone in the industry. And I think if you looked at a list of the folks that the Actors Fund Assists, you'd be amazed um, how many members of IATSE, which is the Stagehand Union, right. or 802, the Musicians Union, or the Wardrobe Union, and ushers, and and you don't even have to, you don't have to be a member of a union. There are many people, particularly dancers, who don't belong to one of the performing uh, performing arts unions, who are assisted by the fund in many 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 ways, and and also not just with money. I mean, I think the thing that. Um, Joe's being very modest about is people assume a lot of times that all this money we raise and these the, these appeals and things are you know basically we're sort of covering costs. But what the fund does, I mean, and cover meaning covering cover their rent, their insurance payments. Some of the best work that the Actors Fund does is actually the social service work that the individuals with master's degrees do to help connect the clients to a myriad of other social service agencies and other benefits that they would have no idea of unless they'd gone to the fund and met with somebody. 
Well, it's, it's as Phyllis Newman had told me about her initiative. It's more than just that. It's counseling. It's it's being with them. Exactly. It's giving whatever assistance they need, and it extends from the actors to the ushers and everybody in between, as, as you point out. And it's difficult too, because I, I mean, when we again, when I go backstage, and I know Joe goes backstage as well to talk to people, it's a process. And it's really hard. And, um, you know, it's a bureaucracy. There's paperwork involved. Um, I get calls from people sometime who don't understand, you know, exactly what that process is and how they have to be walked through this, to, you know, to be able to access the services that they need. I mean, what the Actors Fund does and what Broadway Cares is committed to funding is essentially a social service safety net. We're not going to pay your visa bill. We're not going to pick up your car payments. You know, we're not going to fix in a minute whatever is wrong. But what we can do is keep you from hitting a hard bottom that basically will not allow you to recover. Uh, well put, Tom, and that's exactly what we do. About 74% of uh, those 45,000 uh, people that we helped are PO performers, but they have SAG e equity after memberships, you know, but they're also members of IA or Local 802. Uh, the other, you know, 26% or so are people working in the craft side or under the line, uh, and they uh, work in every aspect of the business. You know, uh, so we're very proud of how we help people. Our board is representative of that, too. We have you know, Tommy Short, who's president of the I International, is on our board. Uh, we have producers. We have uh, Nick Counter from California, who represents all the film and uh, television producers. Plus, we have terrific talent, you know, like B.B. Uh, Newirth and, of course, our president, Stokes. So we help everyone in entertainment, and it's always been that way. It's interesting. I was, uh, we were recently, we're getting ready to celebrate our 125th anniversary next year. So we've gone through a rebranding exercise, which has been very interesting. And many, many, many people thought we should change our name dramatically. Uh, but I can tell you now the board is active. We've decided to rename the organization the Actors Fund for Everyone Underlined in Entertainment. And it's, uh, and it's very significant. You're going to be seeing a, a lot of that next year, and you see a new logo, which represents how we serve everyone in the entertainment industry. And I have to say that people from the dance community who are representative on our board and from the IA unions, they're all quite uh, pleased with how we're representing this organization because it maintains the equity of the name, which is significant. Back in uh, – it's funny. I've, I shared something with a few people back in 1981 – 1991, there was a debate about the name of the organization, who we serve. And uh, it was very clear in the minutes from that board meeting that we serve everyone in entertainment, no matter what they're doing. Uh, they're pulling the, uh, the stagecoach out west, they're, uh, you know, and they're involved with the show. They're helped by the Actors Fund of America. It's interesting, as you're both mentioning the various unions, and certainly a lot of people get support from the unions when they retire and they get pension and, and welfare, but a lot of people who are actors or who work in the theater business don't work enough to build up enough benefits. They may not you know, be in a show every day of the week. They well, may work a couple of weeks out of the year and don't qualify to get the... The benefits. It's itinerant, it's itinerant employment. I mean, it's not like working at um, AT&T or Xerox or, or any corporation where basically you start and you continue until, if possibly until you retire or until you go to the next job and basically you're covered. I mean, you, you know, health insurance, um, the health situation in America stinks. And you told me I couldn't swear, so I won't. So I'll just use the word stinks, but it stinks. Forty percent of Americans are uninsured. And our folks in the entertainment industry are insured based solely on how often they work. So at, Act at Actors' Equity, for instance, you need to work 20 weeks 
I think I'm pretty right about this, 20 weeks out of the course of a year to basically have your insurance kick in. Now, that may sound like, well, you know, 20 weeks out of 52, that shouldn't be so easy. I mean, it shouldn't be so hard. That's a Freudian slip. In <laughs> fact, it's very difficult in, in many cases if you're not in a long-running show. And um, again, where the Actors Fund steps in is in the social service workers helping the person, the uh, the uh, entertainment professional, the actor, the stagehand, helping them understand what they have to piece together to basically cobble health insurance coverage, and um, it's a huge, it's a, it's a huge service. Um, what's what's it called? Well, when we when we uh, go ahead, Hikra. Well, it's called Hikra, but it's a health insurance resource center. Uh, about ten years ago, the National Endowment for the Arts, well, we competed nationally. They awarded us a, a grant to build this, a website about health insurance. Uh, and because we had surveyed the industry nationwide, and the number one concern, anyone working in show business, no matter what they're doing, they could be an IA member, they could be, you know, with regular employment, they're all worried about health insurance. That was their number one concern. So what we did was we, we won this grant from the uh, NEA. We got the Commonwealth Foundation to pitch in and help us out. We built a tremendous website. It is the the best website, recruited the best people That's to operate. Great. It got uh, graduate schools all over the country to help us build this information. So, A, we're providing information, helping people buy affordable health insurance when they lose their health insurance because they haven't been able to, you know, to keep it. One of the things that uh, goes unstated is the problem about health insurance in this country is a huge problem. However, twice as many people in show business do not enjoy health insurance as compared to the national average. So it's even a worse a problem in our industry. On top of that, we went to uh, the state of New York and uh, we got something called the COBRA subsidy bill, something everyone said we wouldn't be able to do. Uh, but if you're working in the state of New York and you lose your health insurance and you're working in some capacity in the arts or in show business, uh, you can come through the Actors Fund and have one half of the cost of your COBRA uh, bill. That, you know, if you want to extend your health insurance, okay, and you're not employed, okay, come to us and we'll help you, you know, uh, with the state, we'll pay one half of the cost of COBRA, a, hum- a humongous, wonderful service, which is worth millions of dollars right now to so many people in, uh, in the arts. It's huge. On top of, on top sorry, of that, sir. but just the affordable health for people who cannot get health insurance. And our first goal at the Actors Fund is to make sure people get health insurance. We'll do everything possible to get them health insurance, no matter what it is. Uh, but for those people who do not qualify for health insurance, uh, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS helped us organize the Al Hirschfeld Free Health Clinic. It's located in our, uh, resi- in our residence at West 57th Street and 10th Avenue, and it's named for the great Al Hirschfeld, and it serves at uh, Columbia Medical School, operates it. It's a terrific. We have great doctors, a great medical director, great volunteers, but people without health health insurance can go there. And one other plug, since we're always talking about all the people who help the Actors Fund, uh, Bioreference Laboratories, the third largest you know, medical testing organization in the country, donates you know, all of the medical testing for all of the people helped there. So we've uh, cobbled together a nice program at the Actors Fund to help people in the arts who, uh, who need health insurance, who need to extend their, uh, their health insurance through COBRA, or who need free medical care uh, and can't get it. Tom. I was going to say, you know, again, referencing back a lot of times when I go backstage to talk to the casts about, you know, the fundraising they'll be doing for us or the ninth performance they might be doing for the Actors Fund. I mean, I don't think people all the time understand. I mean, particularly Broadway, you know, to work on Broadway is, is, is in many cases a young person's game. I mean, I guess we, you know, we have some wonder, wonderful character actors and actresses and, and people who have been stagehands for 20 and 30 years. But when you go backstage and you talk to some of the companies, uh, they're kids. They're in their 20s. And they really think, okay, I've got my Broadway show. I'm set. Um, basically, life is only going to kind of be an upward road. And, um, you know, 
I'm great. I'm well, all, I, you know, and I what I kind of say to them. I mean, I kind of, but very pointedly say to them is, you know, stuff happens, um, accidents happen, uh, people uh, make mistakes, they get in situations they didn't intend to, and uh, you know, and the actors' fund can be the the again the social set for the safety net that allows them to recover from that. I mean, nobody expects. Uh, to hit the wall or to have a crisis, and, and of course, people in their twenties aren't thinking health coverage, they aren't well, thinking retirement, not, not, and, and, and pension and, and, benefits, and, and, and all that. And exactly, but but it, you know, it, it, I, I look at it this way: the the collaboration between the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, I truly think, honest to God, is historic. I don't know any other industry that has this kind of collaboration. You know, we've raised 40, we've, we've sent $40 million since 1988 to the Actors Fund to help them provide extraordinary services for all members of the entertainment industry. Um, I don't know where else you can sort of point to uh, that kind of, that kind of collaboration um, anywhere else. And as I've kind of joked about to people, some Yaley's going to write a thesis about this someday, and I just hope I don't have to read it. <laughs> well, as we talk about, we're talking about the programs, the many things you do, but you mentioned sending money. Certainly for people who are not personally taking advantage of the programs, their awareness of these organizations, the people in the public, is through these elaborate events that both organizations do. You have become, you are not only social service providers, you are not only uh, fundraisers, you are producers. And the process, can you talk about how these things come together, certainly largely through the generosity of all of these people who work in the entertainment community? Joe, why don't you start? Okay. I, I, you know, recently we celebrated the centennial of Julie Stein, and, uh, and Margaret Stein, being a supporter of the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares, asked us to celebrate, you know, her, her husband's music. And uh, we tend not to think of ourselves as producers, though we do produce. We tend to go out and get people who are producers to produce voluntarily on our behalf. So we put together a terrific team in Los Angeles that put together, you know, a terrific uh, event. And what's always amazing to me and really wonderful is that how willing people are because of the quality of the services provided by the Actors Fund around the country, that people are willing to, A, you know, give up the rights, to ask us to celebrate someone's legacy, whether it's, you know, Dreamgirls in 2001 or it's Funny Girl or it's something or it's Julie Stein or that, or that music, that people are willing to step up to the plate to give their talent and their time and donating it so that the Actors Fund can raise money have a terrific show because you have professionals producing it. Uh, and it's, uh, it's amazing to me and it's wonderful to me and it says so much about uh, the good people who are working in show business that they're willing to help the Actors Fund do these events. Well, that, so, that, that, that's what's amazing to me that these people in your business are doing this free. They're volunteering their time, their efforts to raise money at virtually any Monday night. <laughs> You'll find actors right. doing a benefit there's, somewhere there's, because there's, the shows yeah. don't run on a Monday night for the most part. Basically, Harvey Firestein said to me once when I was asking him to do something for us. He said, do you realize that I could basically not be busy on every Monday night for the next two years? <laughs> and I would have to say, I mean, and, and then he agreed to do whatever we, it was we were asking him to do. But he's right. Um, 
the the actors particularly that uh, the you know but but everybody is, is extraordinarily generous. Um, the Broadway Cares fundraising story is a little bit different from the Actors Fund is that we really are a professional um, production house more or less. I mean we we raise every we raise every dime we give away, and then the second half of our mission is a grant making. Um, so as I tell the staff every October first when the fiscal year begins, basically the fundraising odometer has clicked back to zero. So, you know, no matter what we've done in the past, we can pat ourselves on the back very quickly and then get right back to work because while we do have corporate support, we have terrific support from the New York Times and Continental Airlines and Mac Viva Glam Cosmetics and, and a lot, you know, a major donor program and we do direct mail just as the Actors Fund does. Basically, all of our money is raised in the efforts of what primarily the theater companies do on site. And the unique history of Broadway Cares is that, you know, we just did our Gypsy of the Year competition uh, last Monday and Tuesday at the Neil Simon Theater, which was where everybody came together after six weeks of fundraising and the Broadway and off-Broadway shows and the national tours as well. Um, and the combination of those 56 shows raising money for six weeks, combinations of six weeks, came to $3 million. It's un. Believable. It's $3 million that did not exist at any foundation in any corporation's, uh, you know, uh, marketing or giving budgets. It is money that strictly was raised from the theatrical audiences because of the efforts of the, th- of the th- basically, the, the folks on stage in the theater community. This is basically at the end of the show, after the curtain These calls, the audience when appeals. somebody steps forward to the edge of the stage exactly. and says, please, on your way out, donate some money. Sure. And, and you know what? And the appeals vary. I mean, some of them are very very serious and very moving and very, very much about the services. Some of them, some of them become very funny. Some of them include auctions. We really leave it up to the cast to do what they want. But the point I really wanted to make is that so much of what Broadway Cares does now that raises, you know, the flea market this past September raised 500 and some thousand dollars. The flea market basically started in 1988 when the company of a chorus line, and I mean the original company of a chorus line, was coming towards the end of their run and and decided, basically, we've got all this stuff on our dressing tables. We really should get rid of some of it. And they put two tables outside of the Schubert Theater stage door, and they sold the coffee mugs and the little fuzzy pencils and all the various things they had. They raised $6,000, which they gave to what was, that, what was then the fledgling Broadway Cares. And that, that became the genesis of the idea that is now the Broadway flea market that in 2006 raised $586,000. Broadway Bears, which this past June uh, raised $650,000, basically came about in 1990 when Jerry Mitchell, now the Tony Award-winning choreographer and director, was dancing on a drum in the Will Rogers Follies and decided that he and some of his friends from the show would go down and dance on the bar at a bar downtown. Um, basically for what we call now the rotation, which is basically sort of dollar bills and $5 bills and probably a few phone numbers stuck in various <laughs> pieces of not very much clothing. Well, this is XM Radio. You can talk about it. I can talk <laughs> about that. So, but basically, what it, it was the first time. It was called Broadway Bears for Broadway Cares. It raised $6,000. That, again, was the seed that has become this huge operation, this huge show, now called Broadway Bears, which raised 600 and whatever I said, $50,000, had 200 dancers. And I think the success of Broadway Cares is, in fact, in that incremental growth. 
Gypsy of the Year, the Easter Bonnet Competition, all of these events now that have such sort of extraordinary range right now, all really grew from small ideas. And I can tell you from having been there from the beginning that our ability to produce them also grew as they grew, which was important. Because I do have people call me sometimes and say, oh, my God, we just heard about uh, the Easter Bonnet competition, or we want to do a Broadway Bears in um, so-and-so. And I want to say, you know, um, whoa, <laughs> um, back up a bit, because I think what you might want to do is, believe it or not, think a little bit smaller, set your expectations a little bit lower, and then go over them. Then set your expectations so high that you don't meet them, and people have some kind of disappointed feeling about the event, and you don't do it again. And I think that happened at Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS by very fortunate accidents. Uh, Tom, we're talking about events that happen primarily here in Manhattan. Yes. And most of our XM listenership is outside of Manhattan. And yes, they do come to New York to see shows, but the chance of, oh, them, being lots here, of, stuff that goes chance on. of them being here when the Easter Bond competition right. is going on is slim. So how can people on the other side of the Hudson River participate? Well, first of all, we love people on the other side of the Hudson River. I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh, so I had to cross okay. the Hudson River to get, to get here. here right. But um, you know what? The national touring shows, as they travel, I mean, to either sit in large cities like Chicago or Los Angeles or San Francisco for months, or as they make week and two-week stops in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Spokane and, and Atlanta, do a lot of fundraising for us as well. Sometimes they'll do the audience appeals. Sometimes they will do cabaret shows on their night off. And I, this is important that I mention because the Broadway Cares grant-making actually has two stems. The first is the Actors Fund, and that's our primary purpose. Um, and as I said, we've raised, not raised, we have um, distributed, we've awarded over $40 million to the Actors Fund since 1988. We also have a national grants program which six, since 1988 has awarded about $34 million to AIDS and family service organizations across the country. So that's all those audiences. Um, that's all those audiences who are basically helping us take care of themselves. We really felt it was incumbent upon us and fair that we would then turn around and help them as well. And that's food banks, housing programs, medical clinics in literally 48 states Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. There's also another way I can think of that anybody can participate in. Go to your website. Go Broadway, to the website. BroadwayCares.org. There's a store section where you can buy CDs signed by the performers. You can Absolutely. buy mugs, jackets, all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a, we, um, have, we have a, what we call our retail outre outreach department, and there's always things to buy. And you can also, as you can at the Actors Fund, you can go to their website, which is www.actorsfund.org O-R-G, and just make a donation after you read about basically all the good services being provided. That's right. So at this point, you're a fundraising machine, you're a service provider, but you're also raising money as well. Do you, I mean, you're, you're both mining the same fields, it would seem. We We're, tend to work uh, very, you know, listen, a, a key to success is the uh, overlapping of some boards and the collaboration of our two boards. And, of course, Tom and I and our staffs have a terrific relationships, and so we're always comparing our calendars, making sure we're not tripping over one another. Much of the fundraising the Actors Fund does is outside of the theatrical and the film and community. 
if uh, I mean, we couldn't have bought a building in Midtown Manhattan if it hadn't been for the involvement of the related companies in Credit Suisse and Bank of New York and using the tax code in the political system to get tax credits awarded to the Actors Fund so that we can set up limited partnerships. So a lot of our fundraising, although it's uh, it's carefully orchestrated with Broadway Cares, Equity Fights Aid, so we're not tripping over the same territory and the same donors. Uh, and, it, you know, it, the collaboration, as Tom says, is extraordinary. The communications have to be at a, a very acute and a high level so that we're not hurting one or the other organization. We're very careful about this. We really are because um, as generous as the community is, um, it, it's – you know they 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 have rough schedules. It's not just eight performances a week. There's rehearsals. There's all sorts of publicity um, appearances that have to be made. Um, and and Joe and I, as Joe just said, basically really, 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 really do watch carefully that there never is a tipping point where basically they would say, you know, enough is enough. And there are things that we basically don't do you know that we that we say you know what we can't do this right now because we just came off of six weeks of appeal so i'm not going to turn around and ask them to do something at christmas time or you know what um here's the best one we really try and, and howard you'll appreciate this i've said to my staff again and again and again from may whatever it is i think may 10th when you make your tony award announcements is that the date? Uh, it varies something, from year to yeah, year, but you're, you're in the neighborhood. Something like that. And until the Tony Awards in, in June, about a month later, we literally try to stay as far under the radar as possible because we figure the entire neighborhood, even if they're a long-running show like Phantom of the Opera, the entire neighborhood's focus and attention and, if I can say so, anxiety and hopes and prayers are all resting in the next four weeks on those Tony Awards. That is the last time. I mean, not the last time, but that is the least – that is not when I should be going to them and saying, oh, by the way, can you also do for us? So what does look sort of maybe – I don't want to say cavalier, but sort of accidental in when we do these appeals and when we do these events is very, very, very carefully calibrated with what the fund is doing, but also primarily with what's happening within the theater community itself. And, Howard, we, uh, we're coming in just under the wire on April 30th in 2007. <laughs> uh, we're celebrating the 125th anniversary and going a little bit outside of our community. Uh, People Magazine is sponsoring it, and Martha Nelson, who's a trustee and the editor of our organization, editor-in-chief of People, you know, is kind of leading the charge for us. And in that leadership committee, that fundraising leadership committee, you'll see people from outside the industry who just love the arts, and mm-hmm. that tends to be our focus. Now, we do fundraising uh, events and activities all over the country, too. We recently did, uh, you know, a Nashville and uh, meets country. Uh, Nashville, no, country meets Broadway. Uh, we did that in Nashville earlier this year. Uh, we're doing events in Chicago, Los Angeles, and other parts of the country all the time. And they range from big extravagant events that people produce to smaller cabarets. And we're very appreciative for that person who does that small cabaret, you know, in Dubuque, Iowa, and then sends us a modest check to the Actors Fund. Their hearts in the in the right place. And we work very hard. We're very good stewards of every contribution. You know, 83 cents on the dollar at the Actors Fund is spent on helping people. Uh, so we keep our fundraising expenses, administrative expenses very low. And uh, we're very proud of about that. But that means, again, that we have to steward people's time quite well, too. And, uh, you know, we don't want to over-ask the celebrities in our community or the Broadway shows or people in the business to do more than they should do. So we're very careful about, A, the requests for service that we ask. 
and we want to make sure that when we ask someone for help, uh, there's as a payoff for the Actors Fund or for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, so that when you're asking B.B. Newer to, again, make it a personal appearance, okay, for something, you know, first thing to add a Tom or my mouth is, B.B., this is worth $100,000 to one of our organizations. If you play Celebrity Jeopardy, Stokes, you know, it's a minimum of $25,000 going to the Actors Fund of America. Uh, so we're very careful and uh, and as Tom said, not cavalier in the requests that we make. But while we're talking about all these big numbers, um, you know, $25,000 for Celebrity Jeopardy and $100,000 from here and $3 million at Easter, bon- at Easter Bonnet or Gypsy of the Year, um, really the most important thing and the most amazing thing that I've seen over the years is how these small donations make those totals. How when we're doing the audience appeals at Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King or Tarzan, what would basically be shows where there's going to be a lot of kids, how you watch parents literally come up to you, the person holding the can, and more or less teach their kids about generosity by saying, now, now, you know, now Bobby, put that $5 bill in, the bu- in that bucket. Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing. And um, truly, those millions of dollars are raised in denominations of, you know, one, five, ten, twenty. You know, and it, it, it's and Tom, what's also unfortunately amazing is when that star of the show walks to the edge of the stage and puts out an impassioned plea to donate money. How many people look the other way when they walk out of the lobby? And you know walk what? Right past it, the here's it is completely. It, 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 there's no obligation, and we, and, and we literally we we include it in the appeal speech. Um, my feeling about it is. Um, and I know when we first started doing this, there was some concern among the, the producers and, and other people that somehow we would um, have put a damper on the experience of the show. You know, they just spent, you know, um, $100 or, you know, at that time, $80, you know, for, on a theater ticket. And now we were asking them about something that was depressing. And this proved absolutely not to be the case. What these appeals actually turn out to be is like a... One hundred, a thousand six hundred person cast talkback. The audiences are, I think, more often than not, thrilled basically to have what's called the fourth wall of the stage broken, and they're spoken to by the star of the show, by one of the and, and by meet, one of the actors, and to meet some of the actors. In the they lobby they the meet way them out. in the lobby. There's auctions that are done, and you've never seen anything like an audience react when Hugh Jackman offers oh a sweaty God. shirt for <laughs> Broadway cares. It, it, it's 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 amazing, sort of how I think it is. It it does add to the theater experience. And and I have to say, when I say that, that Broadway Cares is tremendously indebted to the three theater owners, the Schuberts, the Jujamsons, the Nederlanders, certainly Disney at the New New Amsterdam, to allow this as part of their multi, 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 multi multi-million dollar industry. That's what I mean by saying it's a historic legacy. It truly is. Well, I'm sure they do it because they're benefiting two very worthy organizations, the Actors Fund of America and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. In the course of our discussion, one very important piece of information went past too quickly. Your websites, may I just, in alphabetical order, www.actorsfund.org. That's actorsfund.org. The other one, www.broadwaycares.org. And both can be found by Googling either Actors Fund or Broadway Cares. And to Joe Benincasa and Tom Viola from 
Actors Fund and Broadway Cares, respectively, in alphabetical order. <laughs> Thanks very much for being with us today. And also in age order, the older organization goes first. Thank you, guys. But for being both with Italian. Us. Both, <laughs> Italian. both <laughs> Italian and interchangeable. Okay. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much, But John. thank you very much for Thanks, the interview. Thanks for this opportunity. Well, thank you both, and thanks for the work that you all do. For the American Theater Wing, I'm Howard Sherman, reminding our listeners that these programs and all of the educational and media work of the American Theater Wing is available online, on demand, for free, from our website, www.americantheaterwing.org. And for XM Satellite Radio, I'm John von Susten for Downstage Center. That is a wrap, and thank you. <laughs>